What's going on? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys, this is Kevin from the Card Progression Podcast. And today we're going across the pond over to the UK to bring you Archie from the band Immersed to the Podcast. And this one is, you know, as classic Card Progression Podcast as it gets. We dive into the success of the brand new EP, Everyone's to Blame, including another EP potentially coming out soon. <gasps> oh my God. We also dive into the fact of what happens when a song that you were not expecting to blow up blows up and why sometimes bands take the opportunity when sometimes bands don't. Along with the fact that we just have a great time talking about music, talk about the music industry, and you get to know a lot more about Archie and Immerse than you ever did before. So are you guys ready for a great episode? Yo, yeah, you are. So let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. You know me, I love to find music from all over the world. So right now in the US, I'm jumping across the pond, going over to the UK to find some great music. And I've got some right here for you. This band recently signed with Adventure Cat Records and they recently released a brand new EP called Everyone's to Blame back on September 22nd. And there's even more stuff coming out in the future, which is ever, ever more exciting. And when it comes to genre, I'm going to say this. I don't even know what to classify this band is, which is a great thing because it allows them to go in any which direction. So let's jump into that direction with this band. So please welcome Archie from the band Immerse the Podcast. So Archie, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Thanks for having me here, Kevin. I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you, man. And I mean, you guys just released a brand new EP literally just weeks ago. And it's brand new music, brand new record label as well. Dude, how has everything going with that release? How have the fans taken to it? And how are you guys feeling about it overall? Oh, honestly, like it, feel, it feels incredible really to finally have it out in the world. Because like we've been recording this for like the best part of a year now, probably a little bit like longer, where we've been like... um in and out of shows and stuff like that. And like our old basses dropped out. So we had to find new ones that slowed everything down. But like to have it over like a year, um, like recording, writing, trying to smash it all out. And then during the recording, we got the record deal and all that stuff. So like seeing it all come together and finally start to be like out in the world. And people have honestly, like they've been loving it. They've been reacting to it incredibly well. Like we've had so many streams on it already. Like I think it's pushing like 150,000 streams and it's only just come out. Like, so that's really good for us. Like it's 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 just incredible. Like everyone supported it so well, and like it's it's so nice seeing it in the world and people enjoying it. And even my friends that like aren't necessarily into my music, like I'm I'm like the only metalhead in my group. Like even the ones that aren't into that music are saying, yeah, they love it. Like which is huge. Like it's massive for me. Oh, I, I know the feeling of being like one of the only metalheads in a group of friends. However, it's like if I segment out my groups of friends, it's like, okay, the ones I normally hang out with, it's like, okay, I am by myself. My metalhead buddy that I always connected with, he lives about four and a half hours away from me now. So it's like, ah, what about there? So if I'm trying to talk metal <laughs> with any like my real close friends, yeah, it, it, that doesn't really go well or try and show them some of this stuff. <laughs> nah. But then, I, but if I have, if I go to my crazy group of metalheads that are on the side over there, boom, showing them something like this easy just see where they get into it how they flow into it but the fact that even your friends that aren't necessarily into it are getting into your music and the streams are starting to pick up even more again we're recording this maybe about two weeks after the release of it and 150,000 streams I mean comparatively compared to maybe where you guys were before and almost any other artist that is on Spotify you guys might be in the top one percent overall in terms of how many streams a, an EP or an album or any kind of release is getting. Because I think yeah. I was talking to a friend. This was back a while ago on the podcast, and 
If you are getting over 150 monthly streams, just 150, you're doing better than half of the people that are on Spotify. Yeah, yeah honestly, like, um, I think just like that's just Spotify. So like, if you count the others, it's higher again. But uh, I think ju that's just that EP. I think we're pushing in total like three and a half million now with like between our couple of releases we've got. So we're doing really, really well. Like a lot of people slag off Spotify because they're like, oh, it pays you less. Like, yeah, it does pay us slightly less than all the others, but we get streamed like 10 times more. So like if it, it works the way out, like, you know, it, I'm, it, I'm here it, for it. It's economics and it's math there. Yes, Spotify might pay less, but when you factor in how much more people are in terms of culture and in terms of attention put on Spotify versus any other streaming platform, it makes sense where that the economics are just going to work out in your favor, even though they do pay less, the amount of attention that's on the amount of streams that's on there is going to balance that out and maybe push it ahead. hundred yeah. percent. Like it's that is their like their playlist is so good as well. Like the fact you just get five random daily mixes thrown in your face every day. It could be anything on them. Like, You've got your like your discovered weekly, your like release radar, then you've got like your editorial playlist, your official playlist, and they just shuffle songs into in and out. And if it does well, they'll like we have a, a track from our old album called With You. And basically it did so well in this one playlist that even now it will just get chopped back in there. And it like every time it does, the streams just go up again and up again. And the weirdest thing about that was that song wasn't even supposed to be a single. It was just like <laughs> it was like our manager went, Oh, we need more and more track as a single. And we're like, well, this is the only one that's even close to being like single worthy. So we gave it to it. It's a highest selling song. <laughs> it, it became our biggest song today. Like But you take a look at some bands too, where you know, even some of the bigger bands that are out there right now, some of the songs that they have as the biggest ones out there are not the ones that get released as singles. And I think the perfect yeah. example of that is bad omens, where off a of death of peace of mind. Just Pretend was not a single, but it mm. massively blew up on TikTok to where now it's yeah. they're playing it at every single show because of how many people got into it. And it wasn't even a single. You let the yeah. market decide. You let the audience decide what songs are going to be the ones that are going to be absolute hits or not. Even if it doesn't sound like it's going to be one of those to your ear, you never know how it's going to connect with people. You never know how Spotify is going to end up taking one of those songs throwing it into their own mix and running with it. And that's a lesson for every band that's out there too, where, yeah, you know, you might promote one song over another because you that's the calculated move you're trying to make. Understandable. But when the reaction from the market or the reaction from fans goes to a different song, now you got to pivot and work off of that because yeah. now you're seeing what people, people are giving you direct feedback. Run with it. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Like, I, I think a lot of people like, they they expect the songs that they pick to be the ones that people respond to the most just because they think it's the best song. But like, just because you think it's a good song in a band doesn't mean it is, if that makes sense. You're feeding off of like what you want from it. So like the energy it gives and stuff like that. But that's not necessarily to say people want energy. You know what I mean? Like our songs are quite energetic. They're quite upbeat. But if we throw a sad song out, people might be in the mood for a sad song at the time. It's just luck. You know, I mean? It's complete luck really with it. And like, that is the end of the day. Like if you see one of your songs doing well, you should 100% shift your focus and make the most of that song. Like, because it, the better it does, the better you do. And at the end of the day, that's the important thing. Like you want to, you know, get your name out there and to get it out there, you need people to want to listen to it. And if people want to listen to it without you actually doing anything, if you do stuff to it, people are just going to want to listen to it more. <laughs> yeah. Again, again, drop back to bad omens and see what they did in 2022 with death of yeah. peace of mind. 
when the title track came out, people started to get into it, even though Bad Omens was known for other tracks like Glass Houses and Dethrone and stuff on the heavier mm. side. But then all of a sudden, you know, they're releasing more music. They're putting out Artificial Suicide, which ends up coming back there. But more people are still in the original Death of Peace of Mind track. So they start releasing yep. some of the softer side of things that starts to get behind it. All of a sudden, Just Pretend blows up. But you're still going to mix that heaviness and that lightness in there. But you're still listening to the fans. Now, because you guys had a moment like that with With You, I got to ask this question because it just kind of peaked in my mind. So a band has that moment where... You're pushing a certain song. You're pushing what you think is going to be the best one, but a different song has a moment and you have a choice between either shifting focus and working with the better one or staying with the one that you decided to work with because that's the one that you thought. So when bands decide to stay with the ones that they thought, why do they normally, why would they do that? You know, in a mindset setting, why would you stick with something if all of a sudden the fans are reacting better to something else? Because I've seen it go both ways, but. You guys went one way with it. I just want to know potentially the mindset of the other way. Yeah, I think a big thing with it really is like it's to do with there's lots of factors, really. But I think one of them is like you've got where the band want their future direction. Like that is a big thing. Like a lot of people don't realize it, but bands gear the sound they make in a direction slowly to change to where they want to go. So like we used to have like quite heavy tracks and stuff like that. And there's still heavy tracks on the new release. Like they're just unwiser. And we pushed our sound, I'd say, more to be like commercial alternative, if that makes sense. Mm. So like you could play it on a radio, it would work. But you could play it at like an alternative nightclub, it would work kind of thing. Um, So that's a big factor, I think, because that track they've released might be like heavy and slow and like thicker. But it not, might not be where you want to go as a musician yourself. And that's important is remembering that, like, at the end of the day, you're writing music for yourself, even though other people listen to it. And that's if that's where you want to be, that's where you want to be. You know what I mean? Um, The other thing is budget. It's going to sound really weird, but like you might have maxed out your budget doing what you've done and have nothing left in the pot effectively to do and like work towards that other song, even though you wanted to like it, like the money's not endless, sadly, especially when you're like a band like our kind of size where you're trying to make your name and like obviously we've got the label they will send us like support and stuff like that but it's not like if we were like bringing the horizon where like if like we chase something that went massive they've probably got like a hundred grand they could just chuck into it next week you know what i mean like so a big thing is like i think budget and money because like once you've then like, you got to pay to get the video done if it does well if you don't have a video then you've got like um, the PR to run on it and stuff like that, which if you don't have PR people, you have to pay a PR person to run it. Uh, you've got advertising afterwards, like boosting posts, all that kind of stuff. It ends up probably being close to like three grand just to release one single if it's if it's already recorded. If it's not recorded and stuff like that, you know, and like you want to record it, you're looking at obviously the recording fees on top. And yeah, I think that's a big thing of it um, is, uh, yeah, direction that you want to go as a musician yourself and budget really for it i'd say that would be why bands don't always follow the song that does the best i was expecting a different answer from that but what you said makes absolute sense because if you go the other way if you really just shift focus into a different song that's really hitting it makes sense economically and it makes sense just strict rigid without putting any emotion into it because again if people are reacting to one song a lot better than another why wouldn't you focus in on that even if it's after you release everything and after you put a lot of marketing into it but what you said in the first two for those two reasons makes a lot of sense for the human side of it 
as an artist, you're making music and it's your music. It's where you want to go with it. And when you're talking about direction and where you're slowly going from one step to the next to get to where you want to go, if all of a sudden this direction of where you want to have your art, where you want to have your expression, how you want to express these feelings through this specific sound gets basically a sharp detour because this other song really hit. Okay, now you're not necessarily playing with ego in that point, but you could be, but you're playing more with your artistic vision. You're playing more with your own expression and you don't want to compromise on your own integrity just to kind of make a dollar. Essentially, that's what we're talking about when people say, you know, bands sell out. That's what they're going with. Where you're you're specifically changing your own vision and going against your own integrity just to make a dollar. But yeah, exactly. Like you could easily shift all your money to that and be like, oh yeah, this will make more money. But it's not if it's not what you want to do, you won't be happy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like you might write that song because at the time that song is how you feel. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're always gonna feel like that. You know what I mean? It's like when bands write songs about a breakup and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, people love breakup songs, you know, people love it because everyone experiences it and it's an easy target to hit on people because there's probably not a single person in the world that hasn't experienced that m- emotion. But when it comes down to it, I don't think I could be a band that writes every song about a breakup because I think that's I don't feel like that all the time. You know what I mean? So like if you then decide like, oh, yeah, I'm going to write all these songs about that. Chances are you've probably sold out to be like something, somebody that bands can listen to easily or like people can listen to easily because everybody can listen to that. You're always going to have an audience with it. But I personally think that becomes a bit of like you said, like a sellout or a fad band because there's only so many songs about a breakup you can write. <laughs> I mean, like it, it gets, unless you're, unless you're breaking up with a woman every one week or like, you know, or your partner every week, you know, it, you can't keep getting material out of that. Like, or unless your name is Taylor Swift. Or unless your name is Taylor Swift. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. 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 And it, if, if a band's like, if your whole artistic direction is to get to the point where you find something that absolutely hits in terms of the monetary side of things and then go forward with it and just kind of run with whatever gets popular. If that's your artistic vision, I mean, who am I to blame you for going to do that if that's really what you want to do? But if, you know, you write a song, like you said, about a breakup and it absolutely hits, but you don't want to write another one going forward. Yeah, that's your own artistic vision. And you yeah. just kind of have to figure out, okay, why did this one hit? Was it the subject matter? Was it the way that it was written? And then kind of build off of that to try and figure out where you can continue to build on top of that success. That oh, makes wait, a, a lot two, of sense. Two seconds later, sorry. <laughs> I live by a police station and I didn't want the sirens coming through the podcast. That's my bad. Oh, don't worry. I live by train tracks, so I always have to close the windows because all of a sudden I'm going to hear ding, 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 ding. Yeah. If my table, <laughs> if if my monitor starts shaking, it's just because there's a train outside. Oh, no, it's, 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 yeah, sorry. I, I, I completely forgot I had it open because it was only open a little bit, but like the sirens are so bloody loud. Sorry, as you were saying, uh, we were chatting about like breakup song, the breakup song and stuff like that. Sorry. <laughs> if you yeah. can remember where you were. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I remember where I was going with it because it was, again, that's where we talk about just the artistic vision and the direction of it. But then the other piece that you brought up with it, especially for bands that are not in that top tier echelon where if something goes off, they have a lot of record label backing, a lot of budget that's already built in behind them to make a pivot like that and really build off it. Like Bring Me the Horizon could. Falling in Reverse could do it. We've seen Bad Omens do it. A Day to Remember could do it very easily as well. But a lot of the bands that I bring on the podcast and a lot of bands that I've talked to as well, not only the ones that are size like, you know, immersed, but bands that have a different size that have a larger size to them, like bands I have recently on, like Another Day Dawns, like The Word Alive. 
You know, they're only going to have a specific budget that they have to work in. And they're and they're going to make sure that that money is used the best that they have at the information they have at the time before they release anything. So, yeah, you're going to want to put your money behind the songs you think should be singles and the ones that you're going to put out as singles that you think people are going to connect with. But later on, when something absolutely hits that might be completely different, the budget you might have for that is completely gone. And you can't just get money to grow on trees. And the record label might not give you more money to help promote that as well. So now you got to figure out what you're going to do with that with less money. How can you promote this on the side where... You know, you got to be pushing in these different like Facebook groups, got to be pushing it on TikTok somehow, making, you know, maybe some of the cringiest videos ever, but maybe it catches the attention of of a certain segment of TikTok and they really, really, really get into it. It, You have to kind of get creative with it, but because you can't put all that money behind it and promote it, it's less likely to get in the eyes and the ears of people, but there's still an opportunity there if you want to take it. It just takes a lot more work. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I think I think people forget about that. Like, when they when they think about, I think people have like this kind of like, uh, like vision of the music industry being this thing where like people in it have money even at the low end of it, and they don't like honestly. Like, I know people that are in like big bigger bands by a long way, like touring the world and stuff like that. They still have jobs outside the band. That like, is an illusion. That they want to portray to people that they don't have a job outside the band because it's like oh yeah you know i do this full time and stuff like that and it's like it is full time but it's also your second job you know what i mean like you have two full-time jobs at that point it's not one full-time job and a part-time like it takes a long time for people to be at a point where like they're making a good amount of money to be able to like put more back in whenever they want if that makes sense like i think in bristol still to this day like like we're quite fortunate we're I'm pretty sure we're probably close to one of the highest streaming artists of our size in Bristol, if not the highest. We've always done well on streaming. Like it's the one thing we've we've really, but that and that is purely because of like our American fan base. We have a really big American fan base, even though we can't get over there to play. Like we have so much support from like LA, New York, like Florida, Atlanta, all that. Like we get continuous streams from them and can't thank them enough. And hopefully one day we get to play there. But like we are fortunate enough that most of the money we make is enough to cover what we're doing if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and that's like as like one of the top like the highest streaming artists in like our city really um but then you've got people that are like not that size and like they're not getting those streams and they're on labels and they if they want to change their song and get like a new song out because they like you said like all of a sudden it's blown up like they have to basically ask for their record label or pray they've got money in their savings. And they don't necessarily always have that. Whereas we've got the upside of like, we've got that extra bit of funding coming in as well from the streaming and that. So I think people have a bit of a misconception about how much like bands make when they're at like, even at a good level of streaming and stuff like that. It's not a lot. Like you're, you're chatting about a couple of thousand probably like just for like streams and stuff like that. Yeah. You're not talking about that much money comparatively to what people would expect. And from your perspective as well, even though you might be the highest streaming artist, you know, in the Bristol area, that's still not necessarily going to hit on certain aspects. If you have a lot of people are listening over here in the U S do you want to come over to the U S and play for them? 
absolutely, it makes so much sense. But there's so many other factors at play. The amount of money that has to go into travel costs, that has to go into touring, the fact that you as a band could spend two to three thousand dollars a day just trying to travel from one spot to the next based on how much it takes to rent the vehicle, how much it takes to have someone drive the vehicle, how much it takes in in gas, everything around there. From one spot to the next, it can cost a lot and you have to make that calculated move. So when a song like, you know, a song that you're not expecting to pop off, pops off, how do you continue to support on that? You know, the record label might give you a little more money, but they're not going to give you all that much because they already budgeted so much for the release of it and focusing on those other songs. And as a as you know, people yourselves, yes, you could try and find a way to put more money behind it from the band's perspective, from your own perspective. But now you're diving into your own money that you're using yeah. to support yourself and support your family. So now there's another calculator risk that comes in there because what if we put more money into this and the return on investment just isn't gonna be enough to cover what we put into it, even though the song is popping off at the same time. There's so many different factors at play, but in the music industry and with fans in the music industry, they never really grasp that concept because, and, and this is my opinion as well. We don't really grasp that concept as fans because when it comes to the reality of our own financial situation as fans, we're nowhere near the same position as you guys are. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it it's, it's less familiar to us. It's less easy to connect with it and empathize with it. So there's a lack of understanding that comes in yeah. there. It's not a lack of just, it's not, it's not trying to be like apathetic towards the issue. It's just, we're in completely different spaces, even though yeah. it's very similar, it's still completely different to where we cannot relate to it nearly as easily as, you know, other professions or other things that we're used to seeing. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a combination of that. And also like, I think like the, the music industry tries to just not let people see it. If that makes sense as well. Like, that I think a lot of record labels and like bands and that, like you don't want your your fans to see the money side of it. You don't because it's like you realize that there's a lot of stuff that screws over the band and people don't like that. You know what I mean? Like the last thing you want to do is know that like you know when you when you buy a flipping album, fifty percent of it goes to the label and fifty percent of it goes to the band. You know what I mean? Because people will like you know the label does not want you to see that kind of side of stuff. Like they never do. But I will say, Adventure Cat are really sound. They give like they're very good. Like they're not. They are not that label, which is why we chose them. Like they're very good guys. Like yeah, I think I, I will also change my words as well. We're we're I won't say we're the highest streaming band in Bristol because we are definitely not. When you take into terms like you know idols and technically you've got like massive attacks and stuff like that here but in terms of like the underground scene like that we came up with like that we're friends with and that we have going the way that you know with us in the direction we're going i'd say we're up there at the the top of them if that makes sense see that makes sense but i kind of want to jump back in and say so i know with adventure cat like you said they're not that kind of label that takes half off the top of everything you guys sell and make and that gets produced anything like that but again, what you brought up with the music industry not really wanting to show that side of it. I mean, there's definitely reasons why you don't want to show the public that side of it because, yeah. okay, you know, then, you know, people are going to get pissed. People are going to start talking about this, which I still think maybe should happen so that bands can get more of the money because yeah. it, it's, it's kind of like the whole entire idea with with merch cuts and bands and venues saying, okay, we're going to take this merch cut because 
if we if we didn't have you allow you to sell your merch here, we could use that space for something else. And I'm like, oh, use it for like another bar or something. Well, yeah. if, the, if well if the band's not there sell merch and the band's not there performing, what's the use of that space? Yeah, yeah. like like prime, what do you prime like, example of that? All right. Yeah, like I I went with um I was I was helping out our mates band Dragged Under when they played the O2 Academy Brixton, and I was going there to do merch for them. Like uh, we just done a tour with them, and the day after the tour, they were going out with the Ghost Inside. So I was going to go there and help them out, you know, do a bit of backstage stuff like that, like meet, uh, meet him, give him a hand, like loan in. Uh, it was a really fun day. Got there, got to the O2, and uh, yeah, like, don't get me wrong, I'd love to play the O2. This is no disrespect to them at all. But uh, we, I went to set merch up, and they were like, oh, yeah, um, no, no, you don't have to do that. We've got merch people that do it for you. I was like, oh, okay, that's Andy. So I went back and then uh, got the merch, brought it to the, I said, yeah, okay, so is there anything you need, like the card machine or stuff like that? Uh, and they were like, no, 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 we don't do that. What we'll do is we'll sell the merch for you. And then we take like 25% of it and then we'll get like, and then we'll give it back. And then you've got to pay the tax on it. Which is like, oh, that means they're losing like, like 40% off of this before they've even sold anything. And it was because they had people selling it for you. And stuff like that. And I'm just like, yeah, but I think the band would rather sell the merch themselves and not pay 25% to the venue that they would. You know, like, that's literally why I'm here. They're not paying me to do this. I'm doing it to them for free just because, like, you know, I can network and meet people backstage and stuff like that. It's great. But I was kind of like, you can't, like, I, that's the first time I'd ever actually experienced that. Every venue we've ever played, we've never had to, like, have a merch, like, payment to sell merch ever. Uh, but, yeah, I was a bit, like, I was a bit taken away by it. I was just like, 25%, man? Like, to sell, that's so much. That's a quarter of the merch sales, like. That's ridiculous. They'd have to up it by 25% to cover that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why do you think prices for merch are going up so damn much at some of these venues, especially for the, like, the bigger bands that are playing? And no, we're not knocking these venues. We're not trying to put these venues on blast. We're trying to put the practice of merch cuts on blast. Yeah. Because yeah. if, again, I always look at it as, you know, a band comes in, they're playing a show, they have merch, and it, as, as, a, as a venue, you know, you're probably having the bar open. You probably have drinks there and people are coming flying in. And if, and you know, let the band sell their stuff. The reason why that is because now the band is bringing people in. You're making all the money at the bar. Let that be your thing. All of a sudden, let the band sell their merch because yeah. now there's more of a connectivity to there. And the more money you end up taking from a merch cut, what's going to happen is now bands have to figure out a way to continue to sell merch and justify these costs. So they're going to increase prices. And all of a sudden, now you're wondering why a tour t-shirt might cost 40 or $50 American. That That's kind of why. And yeah. it, it's like, well, what about, you know, if you go online, it's still, you know, 35 bucks. Well, there's so much more, there's so many other hands in the pot too, where the, where the, it's not going all directly to the band because just like what you said with the record label, they're probably taking a certain amount off the top. There's probably a lot of other people that are taking a certain amount off the top in terms of percentage to yeah. where, you know, we really don't think about that as fans because we're not used to it because in our lives, you know, when we go and pay something and say, you know, we're going to use it, use an auto body shop. Say we go pay for repair where our money is going is first. It's going to, you know, it's going to like the parts that had to get repaired and then the amount that's being paid for labor and all the costs that go on top of there. So that the, that the, the, you know, your place of business can make money off yeah. of it and they continue to do what they do, but all the money after parts is going to, and the labor is going to them it's all going yeah. to them however when it comes to like you know a band you're selling stuff 
Alrighty, it's got to go. All right, you sold it. Okay, now instead of just going to the production of that and the transportation of that, it's got there's certain that have to go to this person, to this label, this person, this person, yeah. this person. And by the time you get done with it, it's like, was it even worth it selling merch? Because maybe you don't yeah. make anything off it. Maybe you just break even. And there more be there may be some cool merch shirts out there. But did you guys even make any money off of it? Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like you, you, you sell a shirt for let's say you sell like a t-shirt for like thirty quid, which is like about forty dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of there. You're selling it for that. You got like n- not all record labels take a cut of merch. Our, ours don't. They're really good guys. They don't. They don't make cuts on merch. Like top guys. Um, but there are labels that I believe do. So you've got like probably let's say thirty uh, percent goes to them. Then you've got the cost of producing it, which is probably like per T. It depends on the design, how many color prints you got. Let's go with a standard like two color print. You're probably looking at, like four pound a t-shirt, so like five dollars fifty, mm-hmm. six dollars that kind of thing, and then. So that's like what well, already you've lost like 10, 10 11 dollars on it. And then uh you've got like if then like I said, the people take twenty five percent when you're doing the merch, like you've just lost another ten, twenty dollars. So you're you're losing half the value of the t shirt before you've even sold it as the band. Like half the value. So it's quite a lot, like you you know, and it's like in terms of like it doesn't sound like obviously it's like people go, oh, you're still making twenty dollars. Like, yeah, but it's not the fact that you're still making twenty dollars. It's the fact you should be making thirty. You know what I mean? Like, oh, sorry, my thing just went mad. There we go. Yeah, oh. no, you're you're good, but it makes but it makes sense, and it kind of gives me an idea of what if bands were to go so punk rock with this, where they decided not to sell merch at the venue, but then you walk outside and their merch yeah. setup is outside, like on a street corner. It's like, all right, get your merch, get your merch, get yeah, your yeah. merch. I'll get a t-shirt for you for. And all of a sudden, uh, it's okay. You know, it, we've it's, actually done that. We, you we, have, not, no. because of, not because the venue charged there. It's because there was too many people in the venue to do merch in there and there wasn't space on the table. So we were just selling it out the back of a van outside. <laughs> We got okay, pissed no, off. We were awesome. like, there should be enough merch room for every band, but we were like really low on the bill. So like all the headline acts, all that stuff, and like taking all the merch table, and the headline act had like fifteen t-shirts, and we only had like two. So we're like, all right, whatever, like that. So we just set our van up right outside the front door and just sold out of the back of it. <laughs> okay, that is hysterical because it reminds me of a band that's here in the U.S. called Silly Goose, and how they got their name out there was they would follow bands around and pull up in their van. And once the show was over and people were walking outside, they would just have their vans and they would start playing. Nice. Love that. That's good. And then whenever the cops would come and shut them down, they'd be like, all right, we got three songs and thank you very much. We're silly goose and went off and they're playing <laughs> festivals they are going on tour now on their own tour. And it's like, people are getting into it because of stuff like that. You guys That's selling your merch out of the back of the van because I, this was out of necessity, but I'm thinking about this at the same time. Imagine walking out of a venue and all of a sudden the band's van is there and the ba- and the doors are wide open and you got the merch guy behind there literally trying to sling t-shirts and you're thinking, <laughs> huh, that's actually kind of cool. And now you're it thinking you about notice, the ba- like, you, yeah. you see it, like you can't ignore that. Like That's the thing, like it's a good thing. Like dude, I can't remember what it's called now where like uh, people just pull up in the middle of the streets and take over the street. I can't remember what it's, it's, it's called. There's a name for it, but yeah, like. I've always said to the guys doing something like that would be fun, but obviously it's highly illegal as well. So like, we, can't, we can't really do it. <laughs> uh, uh, unless you can figure out a way to actually make it. So it's okay. You know, we're going to. All right. The, uh, the, the, um, the immerse van storefront is only going to be open for 10 minutes. Let's get this rolling. <laughs> yeah. You've got 10 minutes of a gig. Get, get the most of it. We're gone. <laughs> got, you got 10 minutes of it. If you got cash, you're going to get through a lot quicker, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Love it. Love it. Also, it's, it kind of it kind of as an idea similar to you know when Bad Omens does their merch drops and they you know they they have a lot of stuff going out but they only drop a certain amount so when it sells out it sells out and they just leave it at that. And yeah, people are all constantly... limited stock T-shirts. It's, it's a really good idea. Really, really good idea. I mean, I mean, those limited stock t-shirts are a great idea for a band of that size and a band that has that many fans. But for you guys, well, it kind of has the, like that idea of, you know, having the fan storefront open for 10 minutes. It still kind of, in a way, creates that scarcity behind it. Yeah. But it puts it in a manner where you're around people that are actively going to buy it already. So it's kind of like, all right, you want your chance to get an immersed t-shirt? Well, you got to get ready because you got 10 minutes yeah, to do it. A 10 minute window going Ready on. clock <laughs> starts. No, go, 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 yeah. go, go, go. That'd be good. Like I, I, I rate stuff like that. I think because not only is it like, it's like a, like a, a, a good business move, like, because it, like you said, it limits it. It makes it scarce. It makes it more valuable in terms of like, oh man, I got this t-shirt. There was only one print of it made. There was only a hundred of them made. And I've got like, I don't know. It'd be good if you could number it. Okay? Like, I've got a t-shirt like four of a hundred or something like that. You know what I mean? So like, you know where you've got, because whoever gets one of a hundred, it then becomes more like collectible. But also I think it's just a bit of fun as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's just fun, like stuff like that. Like, I think, I think people forget as well. Like business can still be fun. Like, you know, like, and like doing that kind of thing where it's like a bit of a race, a little bit of competition. I love stuff like that. Like I'm a competitive person naturally. Like, uh, so like stuff like that, I find, I find just more interesting. You know, it makes me want to buy it more. Just because I'm like, oh man, what if, am I going to get it? Am I not? It's a bit of roulette, you know? <laughs> yeah, and you're adding to the experience of the whole entire thing as well. Yeah. I mean, buying a t-shirt is buying a t-shirt, but what if it's something where you have 10 minutes to figure out Flashdale style? And yeah, it's, yeah, but it's like every show, so it's, okay, what happens if you really like that band and you like that t-shirt? And, you know, at the time the, the Flashdale started, you were not able to get to the van in time or you are not able to get up front in time. What And you really want to get that shirt. What are you going to do? You're going to go to the next show and you're going to try it again. Yeah. And now yeah. you're seeing the show twice. You're supporting the band twice and you're taking a part in this. You're adding the competition factor to it. You're adding an experience to yeah. the whole entire situation. You're adding the fun to it. Is it possible to have this happen? Yes. Is it easily possible to have something like this happen? No. But is it still fun? Yeah. I So if oh, you guys so are able fun. to try and give it a shot where all of a sudden yeah, it becomes a thing on the internet where you know the the immersed merch table is only open for ten minutes. Yeah, out, out <laughs> of the back of the van, and just yeah, that'd be a fun idea as well. Like you could even like you could do like something on your merch that's really different, where it's like you pay like you put all the items on like a roulette table or something like that. Like you you key them in, and it's like you pay ten pound and we'll spin the table. Whatever lands it on is the merch that you get in the size you want. And it's like, it could be worth $25. It could be worth seven or like 25 pounds. It could be worth seven. You know what I mean? You could get something better. You could get something slightly lower in value. And it's just a bit of fun stuff like that. You know, like I, I, I love any idea like that, where it's like more creative way of just interacting with people, even if it is over like sales and stuff like that. The Immerse Wheel of Fortune. Are you going to yeah. get yourself a t-shirt? Are you going to get yourself a sticker? Who knows? <laughs> but that's the fun of it. Also, what also what if we get a shirt, man? Is it going to be in our own size that we want? Well, yeah, you can yeah, pick size. Duh. You can pick size. That'd be the dream. The only thing about it that I would hate though is I'd feel so guilty if somebody paid like ten pounds and they ended up getting a sticker that's worth like fifty pence or like fifty cents. I'd be like, okay, right, I'm not going to let you get away with that. I just give them something else and be like, I can't let you have that one. <laughs> Yeah, but it's, it's again, you're going to want to find a way to make it. So it's like that still makes it interesting, but you still as a band, you know, 
you're not going to want to create an idea around that, trying to sell merch and then have it be something that makes you lose a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so know, I, I give a CD. I just say, like, just have awesome. <laughs> yeah. hey, 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 that may be the thing where it's just, okay, what's what's the thing that we can actually, oh, there's an idea. If they end up getting a sticker or something, give them like a signed CD because it doesn't make, it doesn't take as much to produce that CD. Yeah. Plus, how much more is it to have you, have you guys sign it? You know, oh, and yeah, all of a sudden it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, it costs like what, you know, however much fraction of a cost of a Sharpie would be just. To- yeah. <laughs> a little go. Yeah. And then a different signature every time. Cause like none of us have signatures. <laughs> just all of a sudden the Archie signature is just a smiley face. It's like, yep, there there's Archie's signature. What is it? It smiles at me. <laughs> Honestly, like we, I still remember to this day, like Tim, Tim, like he, when he joined the band, he was so young. Like he was like, I think he was like, 15 when he joined the band and i know him because he's my he's my friend's younger brother so i went to school with his older brother and uh yeah like years ago when we had our like before we were this band we were a different band and we had somebody who wanted us to sign a cd and like, okay so i actually i actually have like an autograph that i made just because it's easier josh has one now but he wasn't in the band at the time but tim right we've got that and uh he didn't have an autograph so we were like well you gotta make one like that and Tim's bright idea was, uh, oh, yeah, I'll sit there and I'll make it. And he, he sat there for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes trying to make this autograph. We're like, brilliant. What did you come up with? And he signed it. And no, I'm not even kidding you. In block capitals, he just wrote the word Tim. <laughs> I was just like, that's not an autograph. <laughs> but it's on there now in Sharpie permanently. So whatever. Oh, yeah, he's changed it since. I made him change it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, why'd you make him change it? That's Because who else would do something like that? Who I else is Everyone else has these in like, you know, these very flowing signatures, something that looks really nice. Like I'm taking a look at, I've got a couple of posters up here that are signed. Like I've got one and it's a uh, falling in reverse with Ronnie Radke. And in the corner, yeah. it's got like, it's got like on a slant two R's and it's like, well, yeah, that looks cool. I get it. Otherwise I have one up on the corner where it's uh, all four guys from Rise Against. And it's, I can see all four of them and they're all very flowing. I can even see, I can see Tim Macaras there. Speaking of Tim. And like I can clearly tell it's Tim and it's almost it's almost block capitals too. It literally almost is block capitals. It's maybe it's got, just a Tim thing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Tim. it's a Tim thing, you know. Yeah. It's a Timmy thing. It could be he could start drawing pictures of the fairly odd parents because Timmy, the average kid that no one understands, and that could be a signature. Yeah. I'm I, I mean, I I don't know. Or he could just write out Timmer. Yeah, the the worst thing about it is Tim's not even his name. His name's David. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, Tim's his middle name, but his like his whole family have always called him Tim. Honestly, I knew Tim for fifteen years before I knew that. Fifteen years I knew him as Tim, and then I looked at his driver's license one day, and I was just like, "What's it say, David?" Like that. And he goes, "David's my name." I was like, "What? <laughs> You've never told me this once." Like, yeah, it was horrendous. <laughs> yeah, it still blows my mind to this day when he says it. I'm still not used to it, but yeah, his actual name is David, not Tim. <laughs> it's, apparently, it's a Welsh thing for you to use your middle name as like a like your first name. I've never heard of that before, but yeah, I, I still riff him mind to this day, to be honest. <laughs> God, if I use my middle name as my first name, everyone get me confused with my dad. Everyone just already <laughs> automatically assume I was my dad. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm a completely different person. No, 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 no. You're definitely your dad. No, I'm not. Not, no, not I'm not complaining about that, but no, I'm I'm my I'm my own person. I'm not I I'm not I'm not a you know Midwest suburban dad who's gonna cut his grass every like three days. I'm I'm the kind of guy that's gonna all of a sudden see a show that's going around town. It's like, oh, I can go to this show for very cheap and be in a mosh pit and go nuts on a Tuesday night. I'm in. Cool. 
Well, what about work in the morning? Fuck work in the morning. We're going in motion. <laughs> I'm calling in sick. <laughs> oh, I'll, oh, I'll still show up. There was one day. This was back. This was back when I was still working out of the office, though. Was uh, I always go see Ice Nine Kills for the first time. Nice. And it was just manic, wild. And I loved every minute of it. And I go to work the following day. And I've got an Ice Nine Kills t-shirt on that I bought at the show. And I'm sitting in the elevator. I'm like, okay, I kind of look beat up. And I'm wearing an Ice Nine Kills t-shirt with ghost face on it holding a bloody knife and a bloody phone <laughs> um i wonder what people are gonna think about this i'm like i'm looking at like all i can remember is i had one hell of a night <laughs> nice nice love that love that oh great bad i love ice nine kills they're so good that's that's the one thing i maybe miss about actually working us the one thing out of like the 99 other positives i like about working from home the one thing i miss is walking with those band t-shirts and just seeing the reaction from everyone like yeah. either Oh my God, he knows that banner. Yeah. Ugh, this doesn't fit the corporate lifestyle. It's all, it's all those like old school t-shirts like this, where they're like, you know, giant spiders or like wolves or like werewolves and that like rip people apart. Like the old school metalcore t-shirts, man. They used to be the best. I used to love those things. Like like the Asking Alexandria monsters yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's like all flowing. It's just like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Those things, man. People used to give you the dodgiest looks when you wore those. It was so good. <laughs> like Chelsea Green t-shirts and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's I'm like, I had to come up with something. I think I even wore one from Motionless and White that just had a big, giant, like, uh, Ghostbusters logo on it, which just made no sense. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I even broke out some of the Disney Ice Nine Kills ones before the pandemic hit and wore those. Disney Ice Nine Kills. Jesus oh, I, oh I, had half, I had half the people loving it because they're like, this is hysterical, and I have half people hating it because they're like, this goes against Disney and their values. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 how do you like, how do you not like Mickey dressed up as Freddy Krueger? Come on. That's true, yeah. That is, you know, like, that is worth his weight in gold, really. I imagine if Disney could make money from it, they would, so I would ignore them if I were <laughs> Well, because I, I know, I know they because like, Ice Nine Kills have done the Disney thing like three times, and normally Disney is very protective of their IP. So the fact that they have not gotten a cease and desist letter, I kind of figured it out because you know they're making all these parodies, and is it really worth it for them to protect their IP when all of a sudden you know there are fans that are not part of their target demographic that yeah. are getting into their IP based off of what another band is doing and. The f people that are absolute big giant fans of Disney are going to go nowhere near these t-shirts. They're not going to even acknowledge their existence. But metal fans like us are. But at the same time, it's like, oh, cool. Now you're still having Disney in that zeitgeist. You're still having it in the mindset. And there's a connectivity to it. Sure, I know the Disney parks don't like, you know, their characters taking pictures with people wearing their, like, the Ice Nine Kills yeah, Disney yeah, yeah. t-shirts. Because that adds another piece to it. But the fact that they have not stopped them yet still amazes me but i kind of figured out why and it does make sense from disney's own perspective yeah like you know it's just more appetizing any publicity is good publicity that's what you gotta look at it. unless you're a pedo <laughs> then that's bad publicity you know that's, yes that's yes <laughs> any that, that's a great way to add to that line any publicity is good publicity unless you're pedo <laughs> Uh, that's great. Well, another thing that we got to, I do want to bring up it too, is I know you've got, you know, you just released a new EP, but I know there's more new music coming down the pipeline. So whatever you're able to share with me, man, I'd love to hear what else you guys got coming up next for us. Yeah. So, um, we've got a, another five track EP that will be released another five tracks. So we don't stop there. It keeps going at that point. And basically 
We've got a new single that will be announcing soon. I won't say the name of it. I'll keep it all. I'll keep that side of the choir. But we've got a new signal uh, single coming up soon. Um, it'd be released probably about the twentieth of October, like that kind of date. Uh, which I'm really excited about. It's it's my favorite song on the entire two releases. Uh, it's very energetic, really upbeat. We kind of went with a bit more of a fun music video with it as well, like something a bit more different. Um, and uh, I just think it's going to be a really good song. Like it's going to be really good live as well. It's it's just riff the whole way through, just like straight, fast paced, energetic, jump up riff. Like it's going to be it's going to be a, a big single, I reckon. If it it should be without fail our biggest single we've ever released coming up. So What's well, especially after coming off of the success of Everyone's to Blame, seeing how people are picking up on it. Now you're going to be putting more money behind, you know, this brand new song you're going to be coming out with. Do I know the name of the song? Yes. Am I going to say it? No, because we're going to make <laughs> you guys wait for it on that day. But you're talking about a fun music video, something that's going to be much more riffy. I'm expecting something crazy like, you know, what you guys can put together for something crazy, wacky, electric callboy style with a very riffy song and having a blast with it. If you're going to, it's like kind of something like that from that perspective, maybe it's not that type of music video, but if it's going to be more fun, it's going to be more just out there. It still gives people an opportunity to see it as, you know, an experience to go and watch this video to really get behind it, really get, enjoy it and see all the little different nuances that you guys put in there. So that it garners repeat viewing and all of a sudden people get into the song more off of that. People get more behind it and it helps this EP, the second EP you guys are coming out with to supersede the first one in terms of streams, in terms of just listens all the way through and continue the momentum that you guys have garnered over the past couple of years, especially with the recent release of the EP two weeks ago. Yeah, like I think like at the moment we've had such good traction from our last EP and like we still have old traction from our previous releases. So like the fact that we're just going to keep releasing more on top. And if I'm honest, like even we've just finished recording this and we're already working on new material behind the scenes again for after that. So like we aren't stopping anytime soon. Like I think it, it's just going to keep building from the bottom and keep getting us where we want to be basically. And like the only way to do that is just to keep releasing more music, keep chucking more out there, getting the right people behind us. And it's just all heading in a really good direction at the moment. And it's nice to see it like positively looking up like very very positively looking up i mean anytime things are positively looking up that's always going to be a good spot to be in especially from a mental health perspective because of how much especially take over the last like three three and a half years the amount of doom and gloom we've seen in the world and felt within it because of the pandemic about political unrest everything you know if in personally you know if you're having that positivity train roll you know why not just keep rolling with it why not keep pushing forward with it because in the end you're going to be better off not only for yourself, for the band, you're going to be better off. It's just going to be just overall a much nicer experience. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'll, I will I will say, like, our aim for our music is, like, we want positivity to be in the world. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, the new... Uh, we haven't actually... I'll, I'll, I'll let a little sneak peek in. Like, the, al the album is going to be called Energy, which is what the album's called. And it's the whole album's concept in every song's concept is about different energy you feel during life. Like that's the whole purpose of the album. Uh, so there's songs on there that are upbeat. There's songs on there that are angry. There are songs on there that are sad. There are songs that are just about not being okay. It's like, there's something for everybody in there. Um, and that's basically what I aim to do is I aim to allow people to feel stuff in a positive manner, even if it's a negative subject, that makes sense. 
which is the, which is the dream like being able to positively look at like the bad stuff in your life that's that's what everybody should strive to be able to do it's a good place to be like even when bad stuff comes you look at the good side of it like yeah push yeah. it in that way yeah because sometimes bad things can come or like for me it's like i went through a terrible time in 2017 and i listen to music that makes me think about that time there are some songs that kind of take me back to where I'm like, oh, you know, maybe not want to listen to those two as much just because of the emotional connection to it. But there's some songs that take me back there and emotionally make me connect with it once again. But then I look at the positive side of things where I'm like, hey, if I didn't go through that, then maybe then maybe I'm not doing the things I do today. Maybe yeah. if I don't go through that, I'm not sitting here, you know, at five in the morning talking to you, having a blast just exactly. doing things that I love. Maybe I wouldn't even try this. Maybe I would have stuck in that good old, oh, we're going nine to five. We're going to work. We're going home. We're watching Netflix. And then we're doing it all again the next day. No, no, no. That's not for me. So if I wouldn't have gone through the stuff I went through, you know, now I can look back at the negative stuff with a positive light. It's that kind of music and that kind of stuff that really people can get behind. And if you're able to do that with energy, just, you know, then you're flowing, man. You're yeah, that's, a good spot. that's the best way to be. Like, if you can turn any experience into a positive one, you're, you're heading the right way. And it's a good, I think it's a good way of being in your life. Like, I'm a very positive, upbeat person. And I think like, if you can take the worst experience in your life and find the good in it, then you'll, you'll do fine. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll, you'll do fine in life. Oh, absolutely. If you can take that worst experience, find a way to find some positivity in it and continue to go forward it's again, your positive energy is going to attract more positive energy. It's going to attract exactly. more positive connections. It's just going to keep happening and continue with that positive connection. One thing I've started doing and I'm continuing on with you, Archie is I'm going to ask you a very specific question. I'm looking for a great answer to it and it can be any answer you want. So if you are able to, can you give me maybe one, two or three bands that you are listening to right now that are maybe your size, maybe a little bit smaller than you guys, that you are absolutely listening to, loving, give us some recommendations. Give me them, give them to the fans. What like three bands are you really listening to, really messing with right now? Okay, right. So I have a very diverse music taste. And that's not one of those, I'm not one of those people that says like, oh yeah, I have a very diverse music taste. And all I listen to is like pop punk, you know? I actually <laughs> have like a very diverse music taste. Um, so probably like one of the bands at the moment that I can't genuinely stop listening to is Hot Mulligan. They are so good. And like, honestly, some of their tunes, they're just so upbeat and like happy. But like, I love his vocal style as well. It's, it's His vocal style is actually very similar to mine, I think, where it's kind of like that like gravelly comes in high pitch, but like a lot of aggression in it. But also he does really good at like the soft, clean parts. And he just gets the energy of what he's trying to sing across really well. Um, So Hot Mulligan. And uh, I love their song names, man. Like, so I play a lot of golf and uh, all their song, a lot of their song names are based around golf. And their band name is based around golf because a mulligan is like, do you, do you know what? Do you ever play golf? I don't play golf, but I do know the sport, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so obviously, for people who don't know, a mulligan is basically when you're on a tee-off with your friends and you both absolutely cock up the shot, you just call them mulligans and you both go again and pretend like it never happened. So that's a hot mulligan. <laughs> um, I don't know what the hot bit of it goes for, but that, I know that is a mulligan. But like their songs are like, uh, like Shh, Golf is On and stuff like that. I fucking love that kind of thing. Like, it's like really unique names and... uh yeah, drink milk and run, which is like, you know, why is that? So I love it. One of their best songs, by the way. I 100% recommend listening to Drink Milk and Run. Um, another band I've been listening to a lot is um Joey Valence and Bray Bray. Oh, Joey, I think it's Joey Valence, that's how you said, but Joey Valence and Bray Bray. Uh, they just released a new album. They've got that really cool, like 
New York, Brooklyn style hip hop, but like a bit more upbeat, but it's done in like a modern swing. So it's really, really good. Uh, they got a tune called like Start a Fight and uh, Hula Gang. They're like, they're really good songs. So if you're going to listen to them. Uh, and then third band, I was going to get my Spotify up and have a look because I, I listen to so much music all the time that I need to I need to have a look at like somebody who would be a good band for me to say that people could listen to. I mean, I love the story so far, but I'm not going to say them. They've been my top, the story so far, I've been my top artist on my Spotify for the last three and a, uh, three years running. So I can't really, can't really say that. Yeah, see, you look at all my stuff and like, I've got like Charlie XCS. My, my last 10 artists are Charlie XCX, Hiesto, Super Love, our friend's band, excellent, The Coral, uh, Dead Lakes, Drake, Mac DeMarco, Baby Clyro, Cypress Hill, Wonder Years, <laughs> and Story So Far, and A Tribe Called Quest. So they, <laughs> uh, it's diverse. Um, ah, somebody I'm listening to at the moment. That's a hard one. I'll say, uh, how about how about this? I give you a suggestion because you mentioned 10 bands that were in there. You said one of them was one of your friend's bands. So why don't we shout them out too? Yeah, yeah, Super Love. I'll tell you what, yeah, I'll give out Super Love. Super Love are great. They're, they are under one of the most underrated bands, I think, in the scene at the moment. All, they've just done a cover of Arguing with Thermometers by uh, Enchikari as well. Absolute fucking banger, man. Like, But they their songs are like so... They're actually a really similar band to us, like in terms of the way their music works, but it's like a bit more of a British swing on it, whereas we go with more of like the American swing on it, I think. Like, so we're, they're like Don Broco, like esque with their vibe, and we're more kind of like, I would say, like a day to remember with our vibe, if that makes sense. But the, the music does cross over, but they've got some absolute tunes. And if I, if, if I was going to listen to one of theirs, it'd probably be Go. That is an absolute banger of a song that they've released recently off their newest stuff. Or Save Yourself, which was a single they did not too long ago. That was really good as well. So if you're going to listen to them, those two songs. Perfect. We got three suggestions right there. And I always love hearing those suggestions, man, because it gives me more chance to see some great more music, listen to some more great music, and just expand the musical horizon. So thank you, Archie. And now, as we bring this podcast to conclusion, one thing I was like to do is give my guests, which is you and this is chance, say whatever you want to say, plug or plug, promote or promote the end of the episode. So, Archie, the floor is yours. Oh, okay, right. I wasn't expecting this, so we'll just wing it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, first off, thanks so much for having me on this podcast. Honestly, it's been a really good time, really interesting, and it's really nice uh, having a podcast where it's more personal and it's a bit more of a chat rather than just having a like, stock questions. Really appreciate that, and it's always nice to see it. So uh, shout out to you and the uh, the uh, Core Progression podcast for just being absolutely insane. Uh, secondly, thank you so far to everybody who's checked out our new EP. And if you haven't yet checked it out, please check out Everyone's to Blame and keep your uh, eyes peeled because we'll be releasing more music very soon, October 20th. We'll have new singles and it's by far my favorite track we've ever done. So keep your eyes out for that because y you you will like it. I'm, I'm just going to be flat honest. You will like it. It's a banger. I don't say that very often about our own music. I enjoy our own music, but I don't very often say it's an absolute banger. But this news, this next song is just catchy and it is it's mint. Like you'll you'll really like it. Uh and yeah, other than that, yeah, thank you all so much for showing the love and thank you for having me on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Oh, it was a great time on the podcast. Now it's time to end this with three specific things. First things first, when it comes to Find Immerse, when it comes to brand new music coming out soon and checking out the brand new EP that's already out, everyone's to blame. 
Best way to stay in contact with the band, stream them, do everything, is go to the podcast where there's find Immerse online. Links and labels for socials, YouTube, Spotify, website, merch, anything you need to get into the band to follow along with the band is all going to be down there. I'm doing all the research for you guys. All you have to do is literally click on the links, hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, and you are set right then and there. It's two clicks, guys. It's two clicks or two taps. So Two clicks. You got this. <laughs> now it's time for number two, Arch. You're never guest on the podcast. I enjoy the podcast. I tend to make a certain promise as a way to say thank you for being on the podcast. And I would love to support the band again in the future. And you hit on this. So it's not an if. This promise is a when. When I get to see the band perform live for the first time. I'm going to go all Liam Neeson from Taken on your ass because I will look for you. I will pursue <laughs> you. I will find you. I will say hi to you from the back of the, ba- the band merch booth and okay. say first round's on me. We'll do, we will do, the next time we'll do another podcast, but we'll do it live from the merch table. We'll do, from it, we'll the do van, it like a live from, from the merch table. Segment. From the van merch table. Yeah. Perfect. I'll bring all my shit. We'll be ready to go. I cannot wait for that. We'll definitely do it then. I just got to make sure I bring a second mic and we are all set and ready to go. Love that. Love that. Perfect. And now it's time for me to end this podcast, not by saying goodbye. Goodbye is way too final. I'd love to have you back on the podcast again. Plus, we got to do a live one from the van merch table. So this cannot be goodbye, Archie. No, no, no. This is, I'll see you later. <laughs> Woo! Well, folks, this is my interview with Archie from the band Immerse over in the UK. Now it's time for Kevin's final thoughts. So at the end of the episode, Archie actually said something that really struck a chord with me. And he's talking about how much he enjoyed being in the podcast because it was more of a conversation. It wasn't stock questions. And you got to know a lot more about the band's personality and a lot more about who they are, a lot more about what they thought. And just, you got to see him in his element. You get to see him as his person. And that put a smile on my face. Maybe not during the podcast, but especially internally. And the main reason behind that is because that's always what I wanted this podcast to be. Do I want to interview artists? Yes. Do I want to interview as many artists as possible? Yes. Do I want to interview the big ones? Yeah. We interviewed Telly from The Word Alive this year. We interviewed LJ from Seven Dust. We've interviewed Michael Starr from Steel Panther. We've interviewed August Burns Red. I interviewed Joey freaking Sturgis and Shaylee from Dayshell. But why is it something that I absolutely love doing these? Because I'm not asking the same damn questions that any other podcast is doing. If you want to know just, well, what was the meaning of this song? And just have it be as bland as possible. There's probably some other podcasts for you. But when it comes to getting those funny stories, getting those crazy moments, and getting these insights that some of these bands have, yeah, where else you can get it but from here? Even some of these smaller bands to get into, where else you can be able to connect with them on such a deep level than here? It's something I really pride myself on and... It's something that I always wanted to continue to push forward. I want to have conversations like this. I want to know what Archie was thinking about in terms of, you know, if a single goes off that you're not expecting to, what are the positive negatives of trying to shift to that if you go for it or if you don't? Look at Shaley from Dave Shell opening up about his uh, alcoholism and trying to defeat that. That was a huge, huge thing. Talking to LJ from us about making, you know, a truth killer on his family's farm. How cool is that? I mean, I love knowing about this stuff. Love get behind this up, and that's why I love doing this podcast because just these great conversations, man. So make sure you follow along with Immerse as well. Go to links to the podcast where it says find Immerse online. Everything is there for you to follow along. Make sure you're ready for new music when it comes out later this month. Also, make sure you follow along with us, the Corporate Rush Podcast. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All links to the podcast below. Make sure you hit that subscribe button right here if you're on YouTube or hit that follow subscribe button if you're on Spotify, Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon. Make sure you also give them the video or the podcast episode a like so it gets pushed in the algorithm. I want to thank you guys for your support on that. I really do. Be sure to check out more for the podcast. Remember, new episodes every single Tuesday 
and Thursday. And thank you, Archie. On that note, that's what you guys think for watching listening to the Card Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. So the big, healthy, and hearty. See y'all!